in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's riding on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. That's some breaking news. Uh Uh-oh, what's the breaking news? Roger Goodell will not personally handle the Deshaun Watson appeal. He will designate someone not with the league to handle it. All right. We'll get more into that at night. It won't be the judge who decided six (laughs) games. She won't be handling the appeal. (laughs) We'll get more into Deshaun Watson at 9 o'clock. But Brandon Drury hit a grand slam in his first at-bat as a Padre. Juan Soto and Josh Bell both walked in the first inning and scored in that inning. Uh, Drury swung at the first pitch he saw and put it over the wall for a grand slam. The Padres won the August 3rd World Series, Ed. The August 3rd World yeah, Series. Yeah, they won the August 3rd World Series. Dodgers won also 3-0. Got the shutout. Irrelevant. Let me know when Joey Gallo plays. I'm excited <laughs> for the 0 for 4, three strikeouts. <laughs> well, it could be, be 1 for 4, three strikes, one, one bomb. He hasn't had that many home runs. Let's relax over there. Uh, calm down over there but the Padres nice nice night for the Padres very exciting time to be a Padres fan they're gonna be I think they're going on a little run here they're gonna with the emotion of that those they trades, play the Dodgers in two days I think they're going on a little run I'm a little worried I'm worried oh are you showing up Monday yes I'm showing up it's all about the playoffs now I don't think they can lose the lead what is it the leads 11 and a half I don't think they're losing that lead they get but. swept it's down to eight and a half then the Dodgers just go beat somebody. Okay. What happens if the Padres break them? What if the Padres come into Dodger Stadium? If they sweep, sweep them, though. It's going to get into the Dodgers' heads. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's, it's like, oh, they got Juan Soto and we didn't. Then they start not believing in themselves. They're like, why didn't our general manager go out and help us at the deadline? They just got us this Joey Gallo bum. The post-game show last night, they were because they didn't get Soto the whole thing as well. You, and it's so, it's so typical of the Dodgers to take this stand, even though they pay for players and they've always done it, and they just give money to people that the post game last night Hershiser well you know you build through prospects <laughs> got some of these prospects I'm like you've never built through prospects you just go and pay anyone what they want but now because they didn't get Soto it's great so they you know look at our prospects are this and that and it's like all right I don't want prospects I wanted Juan Soto okay I'm gonna try to um get you a little paranoid let me know if, if you at all believe this could happen to the Dodgers. Back in 2017, the Astros did not make a big trade at the July 31st trade deadline. And Dallas Keuchel, who was their best pitcher at the time, publicly to the media, came out and basically ripped the front office. And he was like, "They don't. why didn't they go do something and show that they believe in us? And so this was back when there was that second waiver deadline. You remember guys could get put on waivers, and if they cleared waivers, you could then trade them. The Astros traded for Justin Verlander before the second waiver deadline. And Dallas Keuchel was like, yeah, that's what I wanted to see. And then they went on and won the World Series. Is there any chance that like somebody on the Dodgers or just maybe they don't say it publicly, but they're like, oh, our front office didn't do anything to believe. Oh, there's a chance it was there's a chance that was said two days ago, right? At the, at the deadline, the I don't know. If they, say, oh, I didn't. I didn't. Juan I would have heard if they said publicly. Yeah, but I'm just like they probably said. Look down. Make uh, you a little paranoid. Look creep down in, south. Creep into the clubhouse. Padres are hot, having fun. Dodgers out here. At least we got this Outman guy in the, the pressure. Yeah, feeling the like, pressure. Uh-oh. Padres I think believe it could in happen. themselves. All right, it's Does not it? going to. But 
doesn't not making a move show the front office believes in the team? No, everybody wants a new player in. But if Every you get a new player, player you're of. openly saying, we needed to get better. Oh, they all want it. Instead of just they saying, all, hey, we trust you. They all want it. Unless, you, unless you're legitimately stacked and like a perfect team. Even The Yankees walked into the deadline and was like, we need a starter, two relievers, and two outfielders. And they like they have like one hole in their entire lineup before the deadline. And they traded that guy away to the Dodgers. <laughs> we, we took that guy on. I don't care about her next question. The U.S. women's national team will play England at Wembley Stadium in October. The 90,000-seat stadium sold out within 48 hours. Uh, England is coming off a win in the European Championships. Obviously, the United States won the last World Cup. Um, yeah, England feeling pretty good about itself after that win. I will give you the August 4th hot take. The United uh, States loses to England. Oh, England that is, is a hot take. England is very good. Uh, they have... Did you watch that game against Germany? Uh, parts of it. They have basically crushed everyone that they have played. And the United States, I do not believe, is as good as they were about two or three years ago. Our little... The United States women's soccer team has been very good for a long time, but they kind of had like a little golden era of players. Women most, start to retire? Most of those players have moved on, and it's a new crop of, of players. And Who will still be good. We're still very good. We're still a legitimate contender to win the next World Cup and everything, but it's not the... I mean, Alex Morgan actually still is playing, but Megan Rapino, Alex Morgan, like that group of players are either retired or just a little bit older. Is Rapino still playing? Uh she I don't Every believe, once in a while. I don't believe she played in their last uh their last games, but I'd have to but double check. But she hasn't officially that. announced. But I doubt she will play in the next World Cup. Is that's really the main thing is who's playing in the next World Cup and I doubt Megan Rapino will play in the next World Cup. Alex Morgan maybe cuz she's still been playing uh and playing significant minutes for them, but it's really a new crop of players. From the last time they won the World Cup, like Alex Morgan's still there. Rose Lavelle's still there. Uh, Lindsey Horan is still there. And I'm, I'm probably blanking on one or two more, but it's only like four or five of the regular starters from the last World Cup that'll still be there for the next but World Cup. But we're so good in, in women's soccer right. that they'll it, have our, a chance. Our, goal, our women's soccer golden era just means nobody can score a goal on us. When we're not in a golden era, it means, oh, they'll still probably win the World Cup right. or, you know, lose in the final or something like that. Wow. Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Marquise Brown was arrested on criminal speeding charges. He was driving 125 miles per hour. The Cardinals traded for Marquise Brown. They gave up their first round pick during the 2022 NFL draft to get Brown. Um, Also related to the football side of this, DeAndre Hopkins was suspended for the first six games of the season for violating the NFL's banned substance list. So if Marquise Brown suffers any punishment for this in terms of games, the Cardinals could have, you know, Kyler Murray throwing passes to himself to open the season. They also lost Christian Kirk in fantasy. Uh, I totally agree with this um, because obviously you start speeding, you could kill someone, including yourself. I, it said criminal speeding charges. It's a misdemeanor. Was I really wrong? The, the story said that anything uh, criminally in the speeding is 20 miles over the speed limit. Like, I thought that was low. 
for to get a criminal speeding to charge? get a criminal speeding charge. I think I, it's I'm a, not saying speed. I'm just saying, and I think it's you know you can you can hurt someone. Obviously, you can kill someone. But I saw 20 uh, like for criminal, like because it's not crazy to think it's a 65 mile an hour highway and you're right. going 85. And people are going 85 all the time. They go by you. It's like that, when I saw the word criminal, I thought, yeah. oh man. Now it ended up he was criminal because he's going 125 <laughs> miles an hour. But you know, if it's 60 and you're going 80, does, I guess it was just the word yeah. criminal. I. Yeah, I mean, the higher the speed limit is, the less serious it feels if you're going 20 over. But obviously, like, if it's a 25-mile-an-hour residential... Yeah, and you're, and you're going, going 60. Yeah, that's, yes. a, that's a bit bigger of a deal. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, you said it's a misdemeanor, though, right? If that's what the story speeding, said. So, I don't know. I'm not going to feel too bad for somebody getting a misdemeanor No, I'm not gonna going to feel... I don't feel bad for him at all. He's going 125 yeah. miles an hour. He's an idiot. So... I think it's it's a very strong word, but it's basically it, the equivalent the to word. our... Yeah, it was it's just the, the equivalent word. to our reckless driving law. Right. Just a stronger word, reckless versus criminal. It does sound a lot stronger. Oh, Next question. Standing in your corner. Next question. Nick Saban called last year kind of a rebuilding year. Alabama won the SEC title. They won a college football playoff semifinal game and ended up losing the national championship. Um, I guess Nick Saban was calling it a rebuilding year because he was expecting to have 18 starters back, and he ended up only having uh, about 10 or 11 <laughs> starters back last season. Um, they should all be rebuilding as well. Here's the thing. It sounds ridiculous. I don't think he's wrong. I think he honestly well, for looked him. At, I think he honestly looked at last year and thought, yeah, we're not as good as we normally right. are. It's a little we got to replace so many guys. We got a little bit more youth to lean on. And they still almost won the national yeah. championship. Like, well, they're so good that he, they're so good. Most people would laugh at that, but for him, he's such a perfectionist. I think you're right. I think he probably thought, "Oh, we're not as good as a, we're still as good as everyone except one team, but we're not as good as right. we've been." Right. There's like when they when Alabama has what Nick Saban would consider a great year, they're probably going undefeated and nobody can touch yeah, them. Right. When Alabama has to, as Nick Saban would say, rebuild. There might be one or two teams that are as and there good was as them. last year. That's kind of what the situation is for Alabama. So I think we just need to ask at the start of every season, Nick, is this a rebuilding year? If it is not, Alabama's winning the national yeah. title. If it is, they still might win There's it. There's a chance. But you can go bet on a Georgia or a Clemson right. or whoever else is sort of viewed as number two that year and bet on them to win the national title because then they have a chance. I can't. Are you proud of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're proud of yourself. Yeah, Fox backs me for well. that. Yeah. UNLV could be without linebacker Brennan Scott for the entire season. Uh, he has a knee injury. Marcus Arroyo apparently did not specify how long he would be out because go with the Golden Knights motto and just not give any injury updates. But this could be a significant injury maybe the entire season. Scott was a projected starter. He's one of the higher-ranked recruits that Arroyo has gotten out of high school since he's been here. Uh, so we are about three weeks away from the season starting, three and a half weeks. And Scott, you uh, know, he's already losing players that would be projected starters. That's it's rough. We talked about it yesterday with the Broncos and getting two guys with ACLs on uh, in the same practice. I, it's always got to suck for everybody involved to right. have a guy get hurt right in preseason and especially you know very early in preseason. So it's just. It's brutal. I don't know how we turn injuries off in all sports, but at least in the preseason, that would be nice. Especially after losing Jacoby Wyndham. Yeah, to, to transferred out to Michigan State. Like those, if Wyndham had come back and Scott was healthy, those potentially are the two best defensive players, and you might actually be pointing to the defense saying, hey, yeah, you guys, 
Yeah, it could yeah. be, you know, not one, you know, the number 10 defense. Maybe they're the number five defense, number six defense, but losing Wyndham and now Scott being hurt. Yeah. It hurts a lot for UNLV's defense. Step back one legged. You what want kind more? of shot is that? Have you ever shot that? You want more breaking news? You got more breaking news? Russian court has found basketball star Brittany Griner guilty of drug possession and smuggling. More to come on the sentencing. The prosecutors have asked for nine and a half years. So they'll get nine and a half. Why, what, are they, what are they being lenient? What, what happened to 10? Well, they, I, they think I think that's it's nice time little... already served, but she hasn't been in six months. Almost. It I was think it February. Has she been in almost yeah. six months? It was it February, been. so six months by the end of this month. Oh, boy. Let's rush. They don't care about that, do they? Did you nine see, and a half years. Did you see the quote by her? She said uh, uh, something along the lines of, I'm very sorry. It was an honest mistake. I hope my life doesn't end here. Yeah. They better make the deal. If that, if the, well, the U.S. offered the the U.S. offered the, the deal. arms dealer guy that's Russia been in prison just, here, and I guess Russia has is Russia holding out for more. I actually I didn't have a mic yesterday, but when we talked about it with Sam and Ash, I wanted to ask them with the um, the third person who's in prison over there, the teacher. If he's not included in the package, could his family sue the government? Probably not. No, but he'll be included in the package. They're not going to say, they're not going to uh, do something to where, and I'm talking about the U.S.'s offer. I, who knows what, it's like Tyler said, who knows what Russia's going to do, but they're always going to include him in a package because the perception, if you only included a professional athlete, would not be good. Well, the the original package was Griner and then one other guy, but there's a third person now. Oh, I didn't know there was a third. They, yeah, that they're holding an American. He they've been oh. he's been in prison since August. He's actually a teacher over there for all of the U.S. government employees' kids. He goes over and teaches them every year. And he and got, they're holding him. They've been holding him since August. He got caught bringing in like an ounce of medical weed because he has like really bad back problems or something. And they've been holding him since August. And they sentenced him to 14 years. Wow. Don't take weed into Russia. Yeah, don't take anything into Russia. Don't go to Russia. How about that? Coming up next, we'll jump back into the Miami Dolphins and their inability to tank properly. Ross continues to be the owner of the Dolphins because Flores did the right thing. And he was commended by the commissioner for doing the right thing. But Flores also signed his own pink slip by doing the right thing, because that was the moment that Ross realized, I can't trust this guy because he's not doing what I want to do, and I'm the owner of the team. I'm the guy with the big yacht. I'm the guy with the billions of dollars. I'm the guy that gets what I want, and I want better draft position next year. I want Joe Burrow. So I don't know how they didn't find a violation here. At a minimum, it's attempted tanking. If you shoot a gun at somebody, meaning to kill them, and you miss, you're not innocent you're guilty of attempted murder steven ross is guilty of attempted tanking but the nfl they had to give him a pass on this back to the press box summer edition attempted tanking that would be great you're being fined for attempted tanking (laughs) so the nfl's investigation uh they did punish the dolphins for tampering with tom brady and sean payton They did not punish the Dolphins or their owner, Stephen Ross, for tanking. Brian Flores, the former Dolphins coach, he's the one that came out and said, uh, I was offered money, $100,000 for each game that I lost because the owner, Stephen Ross, wanted them to lose to improve their draft position. 
Um, the NFL, though, the, here's the thing. The NFL did, in their investigation, confirm that Stephen Ross did say their draft order, their draft position, was more important than winning games. And they did confirm that Stephen Ross said he'd offer $100,000 for losses. However, they say that Stephen Ross was just joking, and it was meant to be a joke and not reality. So the NFL did find evidence that the Dolphins owner wanted to tank but didn't do anything about it. It's like the judge finding the evidence on Deshaun Watson that they were the NFL was right about everything, right? And, and then, then giving him six games. So we, that's funny. We've had two investigations just now, like that have just now come to to light. Both of them, the person accused of something has been found. Oh, you definitely did right. those things. Now we're going to be easy on you. In both instances, yeah, we're not going to do yeah. much about it. We're going to suspend you for two months. <laughs> so. The whole tanking thing is the one that's really interesting to me. Uh, there was a story yesterday. Miami's running backs coach, Eric Studsville, talked to the media yesterday. He was actually the running backs coach back when Flores was there, when all this took place as well, and he's still there, even though there is a new coaching staff. He said that the coaches and players never heard that. They never heard the whole draft positions more important than winning. He says it never made it to the field. And this is where I find it interesting and the whole idea that Stephen Ross was just joking around about it. Did the NFL ask employees of the Dolphins if their boss was tanking? Like, is all of their evidence here coming from people that still are employed by I mean, Stephen Ross? Going back to the Watson thing, they only interviewed five of 30. Right. So who knows if they talked to players about this? Because if you're the current running backs coach of the Miami Dolphins, and you get asked, hey, did you hear about the owner wanting to tank? You're not saying yes to that. No. You're saying no. uh, the guy that pays me? Right. Uh, never heard it. Right. Nope. No idea what you're talking about. We run a, n- a normal organization here. Like, you can't ask employees to rat out their boss. No. It's not, it's not going to happen. So, like, that's ridiculous. So, of course, he's going to say that. I don't know if Brian Flores was a coach who heard all that. Obviously, Brian Flores heard all that and didn't like it because he ended up going yeah, public with it, exactly. with it, right? I don't know if he's the type of coach that heard it and was like, well, I'm not telling any of my and coaches talk to the this. guys. Yeah, I don't know if he'd said, well, I'm just not saying anything to them about it. Or maybe he did talk to his coaches. Maybe, I don't know how good a friends he Maybe he was just sitting around saying, you're not going to believe what Stephen Ross just told when me. Those guys, as much as those guys meet, and are around each other on a daily basis. If Stephen Ross told him that, I can't believe he didn't tell yeah, anybody. I would think so as much too. As, he, as much as he talks to his assistants, I would I mean, think so too. Ten hours a day, twelve hours a day, and he never mentioned something so egregious in terms of the guy who owns this team wants us to lose. Yeah. Now here's here's what I think the NFL's logic is. I think they were afraid to put a punishment on tanking because. You then create the precedent, the precedent. that becomes so important, yeah, exactly. apparently. You then create the precedent of punishment for tanking, and then you have to define tanking. You have to figure out what is and what yeah, is not tanking. If it happens again, another owner might not be dumb enough to actually talk about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? like They might say, hey, look what happened to Steve. Right. Let's just not talk about it, but we still want to tank because we want to get the first right. top pick. And so we know teams tank in different ways. We know it's not always tanking is not always a, Hey, we're going to blow up the roster, trade away our assets, try to get draft picks. It's not always, it's not always the uh, Las Vegas A's tanking can be as simple as "Ah, we're not going to make the playoffs this year. Let's 
put in our backups, right? right? Like the, the Eagles did it in the final week of the season at halftime. What was that? Three years ago? They were like, yeah, we're pulling our starters. We don't, I think they're playing Washington. We don't want to win this game. Right? Like, and, and here's the other question. Seattle Seahawks is trading away. Russell Wilson tanking, taking drew lock and not acquiring Baker Mayfield or, or Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Is that tanking? Because if you asked anybody who's not Drew Locke or Drew Locke's family who the best quarterback is between Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, and Drew Locke, not Drew Locke a soul could be on this planet is naming Drew Locke above those other He'd three. He'd be fourth. And so you could make an argument that the Seahawks are tanking because they traded away a better quarterback, and then they did not go out and acquire other quarterbacks that are better than the one they have. You could argue that's tanking. But the NFL, they, they don't want to do the that. The NFL's not going to go you, down that road. You can't do that because then you're talking about getting into like substitution well, then decisions. Yeah, exactly. Then you're talking about doing stuff on a weekly basis where you're questioning something where a coach says, "Well, he was hurt, or right. you know, that's uh, he was nicked up, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, uh, risk him." Right. You got a team, yeah. You got a team that's you know not going to make the playoffs. We're in the final two weeks of the season, and their quarterback has a minor injury. Yeah. Right. The team decides to shut him down when, if that team was in a playoff hunt, they, he'd, he'd be probably playing. play. Is that tanking? Like you're not trying, you're not trying your hardest to win that individual game. I think that's the NFL's logic here is they didn't want to open up this like, Oh God, we're going to punish teams for tanking. Now we, have how do to, you define, it? right? We have to define tanking and we have to set punishments for, uh Oh, how is this team actually trying to win the game here? I think that's a, that's where the NFL came down on this because they have evidence that they were tanking. Yes. They have a hundred percent evidence that Steven Ross wanted Said to this. lose games. They know that, but you can't punish that. And it, I'll, I'll also say this. I love tanking and I don't think you should be punished for tanking. I think you should be, I think it should be rewarded. And it is with draft picks because in the NFL, nobody's goal is to lose forever. Nobody tanks and their plan is, well, we're just going to suck forever. You tank because you're trying to be better in the future. And if I run an organization and I decide I can't win this year, but I might have a chance to win next year or in two years, I should be allowed to do that. I should be allowed to try to set myself up as best as possible for two or three years down the road because my team's not good right now. I don't think that should be punished, but the NFL doesn't like the idea of tanking. They don't want their fans to know, oh, three or four teams this year are just going to not try to win. That's not good, right? It's not good for baseball when half the damn league does it. So, like, they don't want that, but I don't think it should be punished anyways. So, I'm fine with them not punishing it. I just think it's funny that they found this evidence. I just know if they, I don't know if they could punish it. Like we've said, I don't know if they could ever define what it is anyway. So they're just going to let it go. I mean, you could define it, but you're getting into a lot of very specific situations. You'd have to put up. I mean, it could be 20 different things, right? Like would the uh, Raiders and chargers have been punished for tanking last year when they could have tied in the last game of the season to go to the playoffs. Like obviously the Raiders ended up winning there, but Rich Basaccia came in and was like, yeah, we were fine playing for the tie. Sure. Like, we busted off a big run and kicked the field goal, but he would have been fine. Like, is that tanking? Obviously, it's not for draft pick, but you're not trying to win the game. Right. And you benefit yourself. So that's, I think that's a massive gray area. The NFL wants no interest in trying to police and just let them tank. But I do find it funny. They, they, they basically confirmed everything Brian Flores said and we're yeah. like, all right, we're not going to punish it now. 
exactly like Deshaun Watson. I mean, I guess their investigatives or investigations are good enough to where they find out everything's true. Oh, they're great, and at they're great at finding out that the out. Truth. It's, it's just, just the whole punishment, punishment thing. Yeah, they exactly. don't know what's happening. They got a bad process for this punishment part over here. All right, coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition. Joining us now, Charles McDonald. You can follow him on Twitter at 4Verts. Charles, you're in Las Vegas. You paying too much for food right now? Uh, yeah, I was literally just looking at this receipt for breakfast, a $16 sandwich. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the, the Fijis are $2, or they're $8 for two of them. So uh, I'm just glad that I'm not paying for any of this. But, you know, if Underdog, if you're listening to this, I'm really sorry when I get back. Like, that's just, it's, it's not going to be pleasant. <laughs> All right. I also need to know about a uh, video poker, video blackjack hand you tweeted out last night. Where, if I remember correctly, you had twenty, and the dealer got yeah. to twenty-one with uh, just six and threes. Brutal. Yeah, a five, a five card twenty-one. After I had two jacks to give me a twenty, like <laughs> it, 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 it's cheating. And the thing is, I, right before that, I had a, a a nineteen that I I stood on. And then the, the little computer fake cheating dealer hit 21 on me again. So <laughs> d- did I learn my lesson? No, because at some point, it, it was one of those machines, like, we, it was only like $1 or whatever. But at some point, I ran out of $1 deal, so I was asking my friend, hey, let me get a dollar real quick. Let me get a dollar real quick. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, it's really easy to see how the gambling addiction grows. But I did win like $6 off that blackjack table last oh, night. So, oh, man. Uh, I think I, uh, I think I would was down like minus two and i was only playing because it was just like the networking event that i was at that snuck into actually uh but that's okay <laughs> so you're enjoying vegas i was gonna say you're who me. we want in vegas we want yeah we i'm, want doing, you I'm here. doing vegas the way you should just like disrespectfully you know it's great <laughs> all right i do want to ask but, you about okay, I, go ahead I, I was about to say the, the weather i was i was being prepared for the heat all week it feels worse in new york city than it does in vegas for sure oh, because we got clouds this at, at week least, yeah, we got clouds and humidity. Like it's it's terrible up there. Like uh, a ninety degree day feels worse in New York than a hundred degree day in Vegas. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, I was just in Mississippi. Yeah. It was miserable. Like worst weather oh. on the planet. Yep, yep. You, you, I've I got family in Mississippi. You can see mosquitoes as big as your hand down there if you walk <laughs> in the right spot. <laughs> All right, I do want to ask you about the Miami Dolphins. Were you surprised at how stiff the punishment was for tampering? Um, no, because I kind of feel like they were just kind of, without admitting it, consolidating the Brian Flores thing into this as well. Uh, because I, I, the, the funniest part to me was the owner, the Stephen Ross's statement afterwards. He was like, all the bad things about me, they're lies, but the good things about me are true. <laughs> uh, that's basically what his statement said. You know, the Brian Flores stuff definitely didn't do that. Uh, and I'm glad that they found that I didn't do that. And the Tom Brady and Sean Payne stuff, I definitely didn't do that either, but I guess I'll take my punishment for it. Like, I, I guess I, I thought that that was the way to get him without actually getting him to both of it. Because like, if you actually want to be serious about the Brian Flores stuff, and they came out and said, okay, you know, you were paying your coach to lose these games, you could, you could like make an easy case that he should lose his team uh, if we're going to go on like the integrity of the game stuff. But, you know, it, it was funny that you have uh, Stephen Ross, he got suspended for what? Two months, I guess, because he gets to come back to the team in October. 
I, I think you could argue like what what he did was a much more serious offense than what Calvin Ridley did. Like if you're talking about the integrity of the game with talking to Tom Brady and Sean Payton and you know potentially this Brian Flores stuff too, where he was offering them money to lose games. Um, that that seems to me like a bigger you know breach of the integrity of the game than an injured player betting on his team to win a game in like a once in a lifetime parlay. So uh, I don't know. I think it was interesting that the the owners. And it's not surprising. They get a slap on the wrist while the players get uh, something a lot heavier. But, man, losing the first-round pick, that really sucks, especially when uh, when you're trying to uh, – we you might have to replace your quarterback uh, next offseason. And, you know, it, it, I, I thought that it was interesting that Tua, he came out and he's like, you know, I believe that this team is all in in me and they have the most faith in me. Well, I don't know how you could think that when they just got caught for trying to get Tom Brady this year – and the year before that, and they tried to trade for Deshaun Watson last year while you were on the roster, I think he was like talking to himself a little bit here and stuff that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So do you think the NFL potentially punishes more teams for tampering in the future? Like, do we have a precedent set, or does it have to be as explicit as, oh, you called Tom Brady three times in four years to do this? Yeah, I think it has to be that explicit because we all know this tampering that goes on. But when the second free agency starts, you have these, you know, multi-year, multi-million-dollar deals that are being uh, that are being executed like at twelve oh one a.m. We all know that that's not like these deals don't disappear overnight. So like we all know tampering exists, and I think for the NFL, they're just like you cannot be talking to Tom Brady while he is actively employed by the team, is trying to recruit him for something years down the line, and also the same for Sean Payton. Uh, I don't know; it, it's just sloppy because you, you know. You know that Stephen Ross was like, he was saying some of his stuff on his work email, right? Like, he had to. Like, that's really the only way that these guys can get caught in these instances. Like, just really shoddy communication skills. Uh, you know, old guys just kind of get in trouble sending stuff that shouldn't send on their work email. Uh, so, I, I think if you can just be a little bit smarter about that, I doubt we'll see a lot of teams get in trouble for this in the future. What are the odds? Because Eric Studsville, the uh, the assistant coach, said the players and coaches never heard about the draft about uh, losing on purpose. What are the odds Flores would have never mentioned to any of his assistants what Stephen Ross said? Um, slim to none. I could see him not saying it to any of the players, but like his assistants, like not any of them. Uh, I find that hard to believe. And also, you know, Flores and his lawyers they came out and said we have documentation that. Brian expressed discomfort with this while he was with uh, the Dolphins. So I don't, I don't think that this is the end of this story, even though the NFL has just tried to bury it. Because the, the NFL, like, they have even admitted that Steve, that some of this went on. They were just like, oh, no, Stephen Ross was joking when he had Brian Flores to lose those games for money. <laughs> uh, that, that doesn't seem to be, like, a very strong defense to me. Like, if Brian Flores legally wanted to do something with it, like, you can't just write, oh, he was joking when he said those things. But the Sean Payne and Tom Brady stuff, that was serious. Um, you know, it, it, he got, he, Brian Flores, he got steamrolled by the NFL a little bit there, but I don't think that this is the last we've heard of him and, and this story for sure because the NFL, like, it's not like they protect their backside on this. You just said he was joking. You can say you're joking about a lot of things. It doesn't mean it's going to hold up to when it gets to, like, legal stuff. It's the uh, high school ask a girl out, she says no defense. Oh, no, no, I was just joking, and it actually worked yeah. for him. Oh, yeah, she goes to another school. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I know I'm asking a Falcons fan this question, but how long do you think Alvin Kamara will be suspended? Um, <laughs> I mean, six games probably, which is wild. <laughs> which is wild. 
I know it's wild when you look at what else happened this week with Deshaun Watson, but I mean, basically six games is like, yeah, you did something wild off the field. Uh, and right now, according to the CBA, that's all that they can really do. At least I call them disciplinary officer can hand out six games. Is like, yeah, you've really been wilding, bro. Um, and I, I guess you know we'll, we'll see what happens with this appeal uh, with the NFL and Deshaun Watson trying to make it like an indefinite suspension. But yeah, I would expect Alvin Kamara to get six games for his suspension, and I won't feel bad when he's not there week one. <laughs> So six was six was not a surprise to you for him. No, no, I don't think so. What do you think the ultimate number of games is Deshaun Watson gets suspended for? Uh, I, I, I don't know because I think I think it's even hard to project right now because the NFL is going to appeal. Uh, his legal team, the NFLPA, they're going to fight back, and then we're probably going to end up in some federal court over. Uh, an NFL suspension, which is ridiculous when you look at it. Like, uh, I think all the other problems that are going on in this country right now to spend uh, a lot of time on how many football games should Deshaun Watson be allowed to play this season after, you know, almost 30 accusations of sexual assault and sexual harassment against him. Uh, you know, it, it feels a little bit silly, but, hey, the, ultimately I, I think people need to remember the NFLPA, like their job is to – argue on behalf of all the players, uh, really, no matter what. Like, that's part of the part of the gig of being a union lawyer, uh, even in crappy you know, instances like this. So I think it's about to get ugly because the NFL, I think they've kind of realized that six games is not enough, but the letter of the law says that it should be six games. Uh, but at the same time, like, this is just an unprecedented, you know, level of sin, I guess, that, you've, that you haven't really seen. Even, even Sue Robinson, the judge this week, she was like, yeah, like, I believe Deshaun Watson is basically a deviant to every letter of the definition, but by the rule, we can only suspend him six games. And then Roger Goodell's like, no, 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 no. That's not going to be on my record. You're not going to – I'm not going to be the guy that messed up the Colin Kaepernick situation and the Deshaun Watson situation. So uh, I guess that he's going to come after it and go up for an indefinite suspension and – the NFLP is going to slide back, and we'll see what happens. Like, the interesting thing to me that, I have, that could happen is if this goes on long enough where they're just kind of sitting in limbo and arguing about it, I mean, there's a chance that Deshaun Watson could play week one. Because you remember when uh, Ezekiel Elliott was going through his little suspension a few years ago after he got in trouble, and um, he, play, he started the season, and then he got suspended halfway through once they finally agreed on something. So like, there is a scenario here where Deshaun Watson plays week one against Baker Mayfield in the Carolina Panthers, uh, which would be interesting to say the least. Are you going to watch Jags and Raiders tonight? Yes. Oh. Of course. Of course. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay. I, yeah. I, I, I love watching preseason football because the, the, the one of the fun parts about preseason football is it, the, the, uh, the, the back half of these games, they kind of turn into like college football legend hour. Like you see some guys that like weren't that great as prospects, but they're good enough to get like chances in the preseason. And that I kind of like the little, it's, it's like nostalgia, you know, it's fun. Will you be watching it while playing video blackjack? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, Andy, Andy needing a $45 steak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, sounds like a fun night, Charles. I hope you enjoy it. All right. Yep. I, uh, I definitely plan on having a lot of fun. Today. All right. He's Thanks. Charles McDonald for Verts on Twitter. As always, we Thanks. appreciate it, Charles. 
Uh, All right. So, Talk to you guys next week. There you go. Charles McDonald, uh, his podcast is uh, with Underdog Fantasy called The Exemplist. And we got tickets to give away to go see Chico Bean. You want to go to a comedy show? We got tickets for you right now. 702-364-1100. You'll win a pair of tickets to see Chico Bean Saturday night, this Saturday, August 6th at the Mirage Theater. It's a 10 o'clock show. You do have to be 16 or older to attend. You can buy tickets to Ticketmaster or win a pair right now. Pair of tickets to go see Chico Bean. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number four at 702-364-1100. The players who have chosen to go to live and and to play there, I disagree with it. I think that uh, what they've done is they've, they've turned our, their back on what has allowed them to get to this position. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Starting this week, going to be the Throw the Flag show at Treasure Island. It'll be every Saturday morning from 9 to 11. It'll be Gooch from Comp and Willie Ramirez this Saturday out at Treasure Island. Go see the guys and throughout football season, you can go watch some college football with them at Treasure Island. Danny is in today for Jared. You just heard that was Tiger Woods, right? Yes, that okay. was Tiger Woods a couple weeks ago, mid-July. How much money did they offer Tiger? Did they offer, I assume... Somewhere between seven and $800 million. Hundred? Seven and eight. Oh, hundred. my God. Hundred. So nearly a billion dollars to come over there. He should have taken that. He should have. <laughs> <laughs> Even is, Tiger. Is it paid up front? Uh, most likely not. I don't think any of them are, but they're usually, at least from what I've seen, they're usually around like eight to 10 years. So a hundred million dollars a year. Yeah. You're making 70 to $80 million a year. And he doesn't even have to be good at the sport. Oh my God. He barely even has to play. If they had gotten tiger, people would have flocked to watch that. Right. I think they had gotten tiger. They might've been on TV. You would have gotten the Tiger diehards, but I mean, you're still going to have the majority of people backing the PGA. But yeah, you would have gotten, watched it. wouldn't you have more TV? Wouldn't you have more TV if he was on it? I don't. Is it is the, is the tour even televised at this point? It's only televised on their website and Facebook, and I think there's like another other weird website. Oh no, uh, not weird. Uh, YouTube. Yeah, I'm telling online. you, if he was in it, there'd be odds that someone would put yeah. that on TV. Most likely. Because I've because I I've said it before, I think, that this tour, it wins if it gets a TV deal. In, right. Yes. And right. in multiple, they can get it in multiple countries too. But right. they win if they get it's a TV deal. It's all about TV. Deal. Yeah. Because that's, that's how every sports league makes its money, yeah. is television deals. And they'll win if they get a TV deal. Now, is whatever, Fox Sports 1, is there going to be a TV company here that decides... Willing to do that. We're going to put this on because there's obviously a lot of people that are very upset about the Live Tour. If someone does, like a legitimate one, not some random TV channel that we've never heard of, uh, then I think they're going to have a legitimate shot to uh, sort of KO the PGA Tour here. So, Danny, can you walk me through this lawsuit? We've got 11 players that are on the Live Tour are suing the PGA Tour and they're primarily just saying that, hey, you're not letting us play in PGA events when we should be allowed to? Right. They're they're basically, they're all suing the PGA to be able to get back access because now uh, Mickelson has been suspended for two years. Uh, DeChambeau is suspended until next April among the other nine players. Uh, the articles I read, I don't believe showed what the suspensions were, but for Mickelson... 
he was originally given a two-month suspension. When he applied for reinstatement, they said, oh, no, you're suspended a year because you participated in a tournament. So then he participated in a second one. They were like, okay, so now you're suspended for a second year. Come join us in 2025. So, and their argument or the the players that are suing the PGA, their logic is simply, hey, you guys have let players play in other tours in the past yep. without being suspended. Yeah, and three of the players, um, they are also trying to get a... Um, um, I forget what the phrase is, but they're trying to be able to play in the FedEx Cup tournaments as well because they qualify. And one of them is even, I think, in 19th place and the top 125 qualify for the first event and then it gets cut down. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. We have Sam and Ash for that, but and it's an antitrust lawsuit. But as a private entity, why does the PGA have to let people play in their, their events if they don't want to? Well, and they don't, but the thing is... I'm just saying, like, what what chance do these guys have of winning this lawsuit? Probably not much. I mean, it's basically... It'd be like if LeBron and a couple other big names decided to take a few months off from the NBA and go play in Europe, and NBA was like, all right, well, you're out now. Well, the NBA would probably promote them playing in China. With Tracy, is Tracy Long McGrady? pause there. No, <laughs> Stephon Marbury, is he still playing over there? I think so. He's like 44. He's great. Yeah. That's great. Hey, um, so if you're Phil Mickelson, though, do you really care enough to get back into PGA Tour events? Well, I don't know if it's about PGA specifically. Like, obviously, he wants the ability to play because Live Tour this year only has, I think it's eight tournaments. Yeah. Next year, they're expanding to 14 but also the PGA is trying to put pressure on all the courses that host the majors to say, hey, they're not allowed on our tour. We don't want them participating yeah. in the majors, so you need to end that. But, like, if I own a golf course and these guys come in and they're like, hey, here's more money than the PGA tour has paid you in 10 years. Right. Well, <laughs> and, I mean, you can already tell that the Live Tour is putting pressure on the PGA because – Next season, PGA is paying out the most they've ever paid out in one yeah, season. Yeah, they've responded in with a lot more money. Yeah, so you can tell that they're they have the money to be able to do it. Oh, and they've they're got the scared money. of live. Yeah. yeah, well, somebody actually put pressure on them. Like we talk about with the with the NFL because we see you know football leagues pop up and die kind of regularly. Yeah, there's nothing that can really challenge the NFL, and for the longest time, I mean, when's the last time something challenged the PGA Tour? I don't think anything. Yeah, no. like this is like a legitimate chat. Like they could, like the PGA Tour could legitimately be gone at some point in the future. It could because it, of this. I don't think it will, but it's it's possible that it could happen. Right. So, they would just need a lot more like top twenty five players right, to jump. Right. And I think the PGA Tour realizes that. So like if guys go play in some tournament that they don't care about in the past, yeah, sure you can come back to the right whatever random PGA Tour. But I don't know. I. I don't know how Tiger Woods turned down $700 oh, million. That's dollars. so much. Are you even, serious? Even Tiger with his money. It's, that's so much money. That's a ridiculous amount of money. Be mad if I was his great-grandson.